GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grim, and with me in the non-real studio, my co-host, Butterboy. Right, we're out in the digital space. The grid, grid, grid. (laughs) But we are recording this on Festivus, which is great because I'm prepared for feats of strength. I have the traditional Festivus pole. But really what it comes down to is I'm ready to air some grievances. Wait, Everyone's going to hear from me today. You say you have a poll? Is that what you said? That's all I heard. A Festivus poll. Well, that sounds like a very happy poll. It is. It's well <laughs> it's well it's well greased with butter. Oh, dear God. Anyways, this is a uh, this is a family-friendly uh, podcast uh, about video games. Maybe not family-friendly, but it's a podcast about video games. I don't uh, think it's even friendly. Yeah, maybe not even friendly. It might not even be a podcast. I don't even know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, episode 359, brought to you by our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. We appreciate, appreciate you immensely, and uh, you really should give yourself the true greatest Christmas gift you can give yourself and that's by subscribing to our Patreon if you are not because what it does is it keeps your favorite podcast up and running and we appreciate that so much so head over to patreon.com slash games of the media start your patronage today as low as just one dollar per month and Grim and I are excited we're working on some new perks and one of them that we're running right now. You don't have to wait until in the new year for a new perk. You can enjoy it right now is the live stage in the Games of La Media Discord. We have Super Lars and Dork of the Ninja in here with us listening along as we record the podcast. So even before the Patreon early access, even before it's live on iTunes and Spotify, boom, they're right here and join the podcast. So start your patronage at patreon.com slash Games of Media today. Nice job. Yeah. And shout out, shout out to Dork and Super Lars here hanging out. Uh, Super Lars already dropping in the, in the, uh, the private chat for the live show. Hashtag Butterpole. So good job. Good job. We got, we got a new, new trend starting. Come so. on down to the Butterpole. <laughs> the uh, Butterpole and Grim's Hole. Yep. Uh, see, th- <laughs> oh, no. What are you doing? Don't give them ammunition, man. Um, oh boy. Anyways, uh, episode 359 of the GameZilla podcast is going to be focusing on console wars. Who won 2021? And we're going to break down the uh, the three major systems here with the Nintendo Switch, the Xbox Series X and S, and the PlayStation 5. Talk about different categories and, and ultimately uh, give you a breakdown of who we thought uh, won it all. So we um we got a good show here. Uh, this we were kind of bouncing topics around this week and and there's a lot of stuff out there but like I, you know we try to find like one topic to build a show around and I was struggling a little bit and then this came along 
And normally, I've kind of been that person that like console wars is not something I really like. Even even the word, I don't necessarily still like the word, but like I feel like because of COVID and because of the pandemic and everything, uh, this is an interesting conversation to have because of the the sales and the uh, scarcity of the devices and things like that 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 aren't as normal. Like they're normal at the very beginning of a launch or something, but but like this has just gone on for for you know a year now on some of these systems and you know even longer for for the Switch. But yeah, you know let's uh, let's dive into this Butter Boy. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and start it off with the Nintendo Switch, and I think uh, you know Nintendo wise we're gonna we're gonna let you kind of handle uh, leading the way for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so. I think the first thing I want to at least bring up with Nintendo's year is I think I logged something like 80 to 100 less hours on my Switch in 2021 than I did in 2020. So for me personally, that is a little bit of a of an indicator of of where the Nintendo Switch is at when it comes to my own personal use of it. Something that uh, I consider to be sort of uh landmark for the system is that they have a nearly 20 20 million units in sales in 2021 that is a lot of units to be moving for a system that has been out for this long uh because again this is it, we're still talking realistically uh the base model switch because I don't I don't know how many of those OLED units they sold. Probably not a ton. Uh, and I, I honestly don't know what numbers are like for the Switch Lite. It's been my understanding that the sales are still the best for the stock, uh, the base model unit of the Nintendo Switch. And man, I wish I had it in front of me. It is They are pulling up really near overall to that 100,000 units um, to H date. 100,000 or 100 million? Uh, yeah, 100 million. Sorry. <laughs> They did a hundred thousand day one. Um, yeah, they're 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 getting really close to that. Which for anyone who tracks video game sales history, that that is honestly rarefied air to sell over a, a hundred million units. So, um, it is cool to see that. So, uh, but yeah, the systems are still moving pretty much as fast as as stores get them. They're still cruising right out the door. Uh, it's you know, every once in a while you walk into a store and see it, but it's it's not all the time. With a system that we're this late in the system lifecycle, you should never have any doubt about walking into a store to get one. So obviously that plays into the chip shortage that, that we already know about. Um, yeah, I mean, chip shortage and also just the amount of people that were buying these devices that maybe necessarily would have never considered buying a Switch if, you know, life was normal. But again, people are just looking to pass time and there's a lot of restrictions and a lot of things we can't do. So uh, it, I've, I've, you know, I know plenty of people that went out and bought, you know, some of this hardware from, from Nintendo that I, you know, I don't consider a gamer and, and they don't consider themselves a gamer, but they just they, they needed to pass time and they wanted to do something. And so they picked up a switch. Something that I, I don't know, I kind of look at still as an, a negative for Nintendo for the year 2021, honestly, is is the Switch OLED. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. It's, with you. it's an it's a nice unit, but it's it's not what Nintendo fans were hoping for, really, in in any sort of way. Uh, to be fair, Nintendo was pretty honest when they would say, hey, there's not a pro unit coming this year. That's not happening. Uh, but it, it, this feels like they were trying to 
give us a half measure, but no one, no one wanted that. Um, I think the, so, yeah, the OLED was a huge miss for me because of the scenario that we're in, right? Again, with, with COVID and everything is that like the, the advantage to that system was all handheld. Like, I mean, there was, yeah, sure. You got a, you got a, you know, a network uh, port on the, on the dock, but like reality, the reality of the system is, is that the, the is that if you want to get the most out of it, you play handheld. Well, I don't, I don't play handheld right now because I'm always home. So why not play it on my nice, my nice screens that I have? And so I just, uh, for me, you know, this was one of the first systems in a long time that I had pre-ordered that I actually canceled the pre-order. So I don't know. It, it, that, that's big for me. <laughs> Another way the Switch OLED misses for me, and it's something that I didn't hear a lot of people talking about, it's still 720p handheld. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, it's an OLED display, but you're still playing 720p. It might be a little bit of a different story if for the $50 upgrade over the base unit, you were getting 1080 handheld to really make that uh, that you, that screen pop, but you're not. It's still a 720p signal. So, I don't know. that It... It, to me, it, it does still kind of looks, when I look at Nintendo's year, it's one of what I consider a couple black eyes that they had. Yeah. Um, well, I think the problem, and, and so like, you know, Dork and Ninjas brings it up in the chat here, like uh, OLED was a great entry system, but if you already had a Switch, it's not really worth it. But the problem is, is that you just said, you know, we have the Nintendo Switch moving towards 100 million units sold. Okay, like that's a big threshold that you're gonna break. That's you know you're you're talking that by the end by the end of this cycle for this device, it could be one of the greatest of all time, right? I'm not gonna sit there and say it's gonna outdo everybody, but it's gonna be up there on the list. And so like the problem is is that there's not OLED's not sell. There's not that many people where the OLED is their entry into the Switch. The, you know, like I already have two Switches. I have a light and I have and I have a standard. I didn't. The OLED just did nothing for me. You already had a Switch. You know, like there's so like I'm not saying no one bought an OLED. I know I know several people that have one, but I also know a lot of people that canceled. I know a lot of people that that when the announcement happened, they were like, nope, not getting one. You know, and it's just to me at this at this age of your device this is when you see the ps4 pro this is when you see the xbox one x this is when you see a facelift that actually motivates your entire network of gamers to upgrade right that's that's the key and we could sit here and, and be saying all this and in 2022 we get the pro and then we all shut up and buy it but like right but i think that's why so many people were expecting it is we were at this point now where we're like yes we want we want that upgrade you know we want the extra horsepower we want the 1080 handheld we want you know these thing these things and instead we got really just a, an underwhelming uh device i agree the next thing that continues to be very underwhelming is the Nintendo Switch online service. You know, we're going to be talking about the different services offered by all three of the major uh, gaming console brands. Uh, and prior to 2021, everyone would have would agree that what Nintendo's offering is very lacking. And here <laughs> we are approaching 2022. And it's not only still lacking what are essential features like voice chat. Um, but they tried to 
extort more money out of their fans by rolling out the expansion pass with half-assed N64 ports and Sega Genesis games for an extraordinary amount of money. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'm an N64 fan. I'm a Sega Genesis fan. I wasn't taking my $30, $35 family plan and taking it to an $80 family plan to play N64 and Sega games that I honestly already own a ton of those from the 90s. Yep. Uh, so... I don't know. I'm still kind of salty about it. And there's that part of me that I, I see some people like enjoying Nintendo Switch online, like, oh, playing these N64 games. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But the price was crazy. The price was crazy. And, and I st I'm still surprised. Of, of I understand if someone has eight people on their family plan and they all were splitting it equally, it's a pretty good deal. But I have four people on my family plan and I'm honestly fronting the, the whole bill. I've never asked, yeah, you know, uh, the, the three other people on my plan. Cause one of them is my wife. One of them is my sister. And the other one is our, our guy uh, backs. So I didn't ask them for any money just to throw them on the family plan. Yeah. That was already getting for me and my wife. Yeah. I do the uh, same. I do the same thing. We, yeah. we, we have the same thing, but like all reality, I mean, we can really just sum this up. Nintendo's, you know, online, Nintendo online, or just their services in general are, and we said this at the beginning, we were concerned about this, but Nintendo just doesn't get it. They just do not understand how to provide services where, where the user base can actually feel like there's value. And even at the $35 and us getting access to Nintendo and SNES and things like that, like it's still just a second thought to them because I mean, how do you look at somebody that's paying a yearly fee and, and you know, you have a hundred, almost a hundred million systems out there. So, you know, you, you think about the money that you can generate if, if just a, a low percentage all sign up for your Nintendo online and you're going to go, oh, well, we release games whenever we feel like. There's no schedule. We don't even know what we're going to release. We're not going to tell you until we just do it. Like, like. Who runs a like? How do you run it like that? You know, like I, I just to me, it, it it's mind boggling how just you know shooting from the hip they are with with this stuff, and really you know calling it a premium service and call, calling it a service at all is really just a joke when you compare it to PS Plus, Xbox uh, Game Pass, or Xbox Lot, you know whatever service you want to talk about on the Microsoft side, um, hum. <laughs> Uh, Humble Bundle. I mean, there's so many services out there that you can get into that 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 instantly show you um, value and make you feel like you're getting your money's worth. And Nintendo just doesn't get it, even though they they arguably have the best library in the entire world to leverage on. Yeah, and they just they they can't get it together. So so and the last thing I want to say about these services. Is it still bothers me that there's not a, a built-in integrated way to chat on the Switch? You have to have the extra, <laughs> the extra app because one of the best things about being a PlayStation user and Xbox user is the communal aspect of when you see your friends online, you can boop 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 three clicks, and then you're in a party talking to those people. Even if you're not playing the same game, it creates community around the ecosystem of the of the the system. Us hanging out and playing Xbox is a, a, a social gathering place that we can easily and effectively use. No one talks about Nintendo or utilizes Nintendo in that way because it's ass backwards the way you have to connect with people. It's so, and it's ridiculous. It's, so it's, bad. it's 2022 in a week. It's so bad. I mean, I mean, and that all ties into friend codes and like the, the entire system of trying to build community around your around your infrastructure is so bad on Nintendo's side. And I get it. They keep claiming that the, you know, it, it helps protect, you know, uh, younger 
younger gamers and stuff like that. And like, that's fine if that's, you know, if that's the way that you're going to leverage this. But there are so many services out now for for chat systems. And, you know, like you said, Xbox, PlayStation, obviously Discord being a huge one, like they're clear they it clearly works so your friend code is not revolutionary it's not it, like it's nothing special that you're just so much safer than other places like you're just not and so to me it's just an excuse. It's just, and and that's how it comes off when when I keep hearing them say these types of things. If Nintendo wants to be proactive, they should just give up on their chat system and and do what they've been doing with other companies, and that is go go out to Discord, be the first to team up with Discord and integrate Discord into the Switch. That would be a game changer for that handheld device. That would be the cool one of the coolest add-ons that that we've seen. You know, we we thought Xbox was about to do it and they added Discord to the Xbox, but then it was literally just like a uh, you know, like a a shell of Discord where you could see your friends and you could see what they're playing. And there wasn't the the full functionality of what we thought we were going to get with Discord being on the Xbox. Nintendo just needs to do it because that would that would solve so many of their problems right out the gate at that point. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't, I really don't understand. It, it honestly feels to me like they have zero business plan around their services. Yep. So, all right. That, I mean, that's services being, you know, the hardware, we, you know, yeah, the OLED wasn't for us, but like, again, their hardware is, is about to reach thresholds of elite status when it comes to uh, all generations of gaming. Um, their, their, but their services being the negative point, we move on to one of their, one of their all time strongest points, exclusive games. What do you got? There was one exciting game released this year and then a bunch of, filler a bunch of b tier in my opinion so metroid dread and honestly to metroid with metroid dread yes it was nintendo's release of the year it was a game of the year contender yep obviously you and i big metroid fans anyone listening to this show knows it we were hyped for it but i'm not gonna sit here and act like metroid isn't considered by nintendo a b or c tier franchise like it's nintendo how they, doesn't it's how they treat, treat it, right? it it's how they treat yeah. it for sure so if you look at the, the their major releases, we have new Pokemon Snap. Okay, spin off of a Pokemon game. You know, a tw- after over twenty years, they do do a, a sequel. Mario Party Superstars, which is a rehash re- redo of N sixty four and GameCube games and N sixty four maps in a Mario Party collection. And then Mario Party Super Rush. Those are those are I mean Mario Golf Super Rush. Those are the main releases for 2021 so there's only one game you could even come close to calling a blockbuster and i'm not going to sit here and act like it's not somewhat almost of a niche game by being a 2d side-scrolling adventure game again i loved it it was my favorite game i played this year but it's not going to move the needle it's not going to draw uh people in like other nintendo franchises or other major games could so um, Nintendo, you're normally great at releasing exclusive titles and, and the software being the reason for people to play your systems. But guess what? Like I said, I barely used my switch in 2021 because it wasn't until October that there was a game I wanted to play. That That's really what it was. Yeah. Is that there was, it literally was October when we dusted off the switches 
because you know we're not going we're not going to work we're not you know we're not traveling like we normally travel so the switch just isn't getting that handheld you know travel time with with me uh as an example but but yeah metroid really was it pokemon snap isn't even on my radar uh mario party superstars wasn't on my radar i did pick up mario golf super rush and i enjoyed it but it's not you know it wasn't it was a good game like that, you know, but it wasn't. Yeah. Like you said, it wasn't. A, it's not a game of the year. It's not it's not a blockbuster game. Yeah. The word Mario's on it, but it's not, you know, it's not a new Mario, you know, adventure uh, style game that we're that we've been waiting for. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we also knew this year wasn't laid out necessarily strong for exclusives and uh, the reliance on, uh, you know, Nintendo's always had that reliance on their own properties. So it's in in such a hard time where we've seen so many games delayed and so many, so many situations where even games that maybe should have been delayed even longer got released and because of it were, you know, an absolute disaster. Uh, at least we don't have stories of that on nintendo right you know at least at least we're not sitting here talking about how a bunch of games did come out and didn't live up to what we consider the standard for nintendo's first parties but yeah Yeah, i mean that's true yeah and and but in all reality you know it's it's not a i think exclusive games overall for for all these systems that we're going to talk about this is a this is it's been a struggle for most of them um so yeah i mean We'll uh, we'll see how they we'll see how the the following years come up. But you know, when you talk about an aging you know an aging hardware and just a down year for for first party games, you really gotta you gotta bounce back. So we'll see what twenty twenty two brings for them. But and that m- moves us into the future, uh, our future point. Did you have anything left you wanted to say about exclusive games? Uh no. No, okay, that's it. So the so the last the last section that we want to talk about before we move on to our next console is is the future, right? Like how we're we're not happy with with this year's uh, release of games. So how does the future look for Nintendo Switch? Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of unknown moving into you know whatever the next year to maybe two years of the switch will be think of what the uh, what a dinosaur the switch is going to look like a year and a half from now um when we're fully washed in the current generation but breath of the wild 2 is still coming and whenever that happens i'm going to gush and talk about how great it is and how revolutionary it is and I don't care. It could just be more of the first game. I don't care. I love Breath of the Wild. So I'm excited about that. But we we don't really even have a release window for Breath of the Wild 2. Or is there calling it a Breath of the Wild sequel or something? Uh, We know Splatoon 3 is coming. I'm interested in in Splatoon 3. Is Splatoon 3 confirmed for 2022 or do we not know? I'm not 100% sure if it's confirmed anymore. uh, For some reason, I thought it was like a summer 2022 release. And if that's the case... I, I just need to know how the game evolved because I, I really did enjoy Splatoon 2, but it didn't have a lot of staying power with me. I didn't I don't yeah, find same. myself playing it a ton, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I need to know more about that. Metroid Prime 4, it's coming eventually, maybe. <laughs> of course, that's one that... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Believe uh, it when I see it. Yeah, I really need to know more about this game because it's just it's like this heartbreak. It's, it's I a name. My switch. It's just yeah. a title. There's no game there. They haven't showed us yeah. anything other than the fact that they told us that they threw everything in the trash and started over pretty much. So yeah, that one that one for sure. Splatoon three does have a 2022 date, but no like um, no window. 
Yeah. We yeah. did forget the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes and software they came out with this year. So uh, that was a little bit of an oversight. That that does kind of bolster the look of their year a little bit with a Pokemon remake. Yeah. But I didn't but even pick I guess, those up and I'm a Pokemon guy. I was know? just about to say, like, someone that I know loves Pokemon more than almost anyone, you didn't even buy them. So it's nope. still, it still plays, it still plays into the story of just like an off, an off year because we're used to getting, uh, you know, like this wasn't, this wasn't your typical Pokemon, like, you know, remake or new version or, you know, uh, you know, uh, let's go or whatever. Right. It, it was just like a, really, it was like a cleaned up, you know, version of two old games that sure, like some aspects of it were, were looked nicer, but. I don't know. To me, I just had zero interest in buying them, and and that's that's problem that's problematic when the word po- like when it's a, a mainstream Pokemon game, and uh, and and your 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 super fans aren't picking them up right out the gate. Well, what I will be picking up right out the gate, the thing that's in the immediate future for Nintendo, yeah. Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out in January. That's a day one for me. That. Very, very excited for this game. Cannot, cannot wait for that one. So that's, yeah, that's a big one. That, that's nice. That That's going to really at least set the tone for, for 2022. Uh, and hopefully they'll continue to have a, at least a couple more nice releases with that. But that that's that's a game that's really going to revolutionize the Pokemon franchise, potentially give the adult fans what we've been asking for. Uh, I got high hopes for that one. That There is potential. That's already my game of the year for 2022. Just hyping it in my mind we have mario rabbits spark of hope also um in the future so that's just some stuff to look forward to for nintendo fans yeah absolutely all right so so again we're gonna go through all three consoles and then we're gonna kind of rate them at the end so we're gonna move into playstation 5 next and uh i'll uh i'll 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 take the uh, helm here, but uh playstation 5 we um we obviously know the ps5 released basically in pandemic right like i mean right right before it or whatever and so um there's been a lot of struggle around manufacturing and and just getting getting materials and all sorts of stuff so but uh the ps5 you know um has done well and and is literally sold out still to this day you're not going to just walk in and find a ps5 you have to really kind of you know try to uh understand when these uh inventory drops are coming and and how you're going to be able to pick up a ps5 but um we don't and, and as far as total units and everything again because of all the weird situations going on there's not great numbers but it does look like sony will end up selling around 15 million ps5s by the end of the year so um, and that's just based on existing quarterly reports right now. So, um, yeah, and in the shortage, it, it's it's a little surprising because you just still hear about how the PS5 is so hard to find. Fifteen million's not bad for a first year when we're considering the fact that these are allegedly impossible to find. Yeah, I think the other problem right now is that you still have so many people that you know, like we're working from home and and everything, and and there's a lot of people that aren't going out and you know doing the activities that they're normally doing. So. Uh, more people want the PS5 than at, at the get go than maybe you know in previous generations, but um, you know we're you know the question really comes down to is that it'll be interesting to see if the PS5 ends up outselling the Switch in 2022 if PlayStation can you know get the additional units uh, available right and so we don't and I know there's been a lot of talk that the chip shortage 
is going to be rolling through 2022 and maybe late 2022, early 2023 is when we're going to start seeing some relief. But, uh, you know, hopefully Sony can work out some deals and uh, get, get a hold of some of the inventory so they can keep manufacturing at some level. But the, um, you know, the... The sales of the device do seem pretty solid for for what it's doing so far, considering the um, challenge that they've had to even just make the make the device. Um, as far as going on around that, then you know we move into hardware and talk about the um, you know the PS Five is unique. It, it's a big it's a big uh, evolution from from previous generations of PlayStation. You know, moving just talking about the PS Five controller for an example is a very a big change. The Dual Sense. Uh, a lot of people, you know, people love it, and um, are you know very excited about what how it's going to evolve over time. But you know, the some PlayStation's the, really good at utilizing the uh, the things they implement technology wise into their uh, peripherals. I mean, are they though? Like is that sarcasm? Is that sarcasm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure at first, so I was like, "Wait that a minute!" Shit's already abandoned. They're like, "Dual what?" <laughs> These controllers shake. We didn't even know. Touchpad on it again. We kept the touch. Who who kept the touchpad on this thing? Dude, they're gonna drop analog stick support. They're like, yeah, I didn't think people were using it. So, uh, um, but yeah, the like the PS5 control center features. Um, you know that Sony promoted ahead of next gen console release and stuff like that. There's just a lot of stuff that we've talked about that that just isn't getting a lot of attention part and and partially that has to do with with software and lack of lack of you know of uh, options of what you're going to play and just things like that um you know backwards compatibility options which um you know is is another restriction that they that they have compared to say Xbox and and Switch um but it just has a limit the limited nature of the system compared to the Xbox Series X right now currently it it shows right i own both units and like and and like my my ps5 just doesn't get turned on and there's there's several reasons why but just talking about the hardware right now it's just they're they're you know sony has controversial next gen upgrade policies from you know that we've always always talk about i feel like every generation but um you know, it just it makes the hardware features. There's always an asterisk next to the hardware features, right? You know, you're always wondering, like, okay, this sounds cool, but like, are you really gonna use it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like that's really what it comes down to. Um, I do, I do expect the PS5's hardware going to be more appealing in 2022. Um, you know, and obviously beyond as more and more developers get to focus on the PS5 and they get to utilize what uh what is there uh to more you know more possibilities and as these new game engines start to get you know really polished and really and people get used to them and, and be able to really leverage some of the uniqueness of the PS5 but right now is what we're talking about in 2021 it just feels incomplete is is really the word i think i'm looking for here so but you know i think um i think the device is very it's unique it's cool yes it has it's powerful but you know overall it's just it's weird i think that's the that's the thing is that i don't know i'm used to picking up like a ps3 and a ps4 you know like I, i picked it up and i felt like there was a level of just like 
comfort knowing the Sony like environment, and then I feel like the PS5 just is like a new. So it's on a new level, and because of it, there's just these chunks of it that feel awkward. And then on and on top of that, it feels like there's just this functionality that is like incomplete. And so you kind of like look at it, and you're like, I'm not having as much fun with this as I thought I was going to. And again, that could all change, but that's that's where I that's where I stand with it. Yeah, I I can totally understand where you're coming from with that one. Yeah. Um. You know, so so that's my quick take on hardware services. You got PlayStation Now, which uh, you know is a PS5 gives PS5 an advantage over the Switch um, f- and the free monthly games you get with PlayStation Plus. Um, the PlayStation Now thing is so confusing because PlayStation Now has such a bad name, and now they're trying to kind of revamp it and 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 you know talk and, and change what it is and really make it something good. But the problem is, is that the names is. Is, is just tainted right so like you should have just give, you should have just created something new you know playstation beyond i don't i don't know just just get rid of playstation now and just name it something different even if it's a similar system just get away from the name that people have made fun of for years at this point as as how bad of a you know of a, an environment or uh streaming service that it was um you know, and 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 the bottom line with PlayStation it doesn't matter if you have PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus, all of it. You're always going to get compared to Microsoft's Game Pass and everything that Microsoft has built around the service. Um, so, as far as what's going to come in 2022 for the PlayStation side, it really, they, you know, we really need to see some of that evolution that they're talking about around PlayStation Now to even come close to Game Pass. Because we're going to get into it when we talk Microsoft, but like Game Pass is, it's changing gaming. I mean, it really is. Game, you know, <laughs> Game Pass is amazing. So, um, but Sony does have the pieces. They have the puzzle pieces. Now, I, now we just need to see if they indeed can put them together and actually deliver something that um, is valuable. Because I have enjoyed PlayStation Plus in the past, and I did like it a lot uh, when when I was a PS4 player. But PlayStation Plus is aging just like Xbox Gold was aging. And then we saw Microsoft do something about that. And we haven't necessarily seen the full picture of what PlayStation is going to do with that. So it's just, again, 2021, it feels incomplete. You know, so we're talking who won in 2021. <clears throat> yeah, and I would imagine, you know, we, we've all heard the rumors of what Sony's working on. I, I imagine it's going to be a an E3 announcement or well, Sony doesn't even join e3 so maybe not um but i i I would say they have they have to at least have something to announce by spring summer like they have to because a a year and a half with your current generation on the market without offering even a compatible competitive service to what your rival is doing because you're right. You're right about PlayStation now. It's it's a brand and it's a name and it's a service that I don't think there's any saving it because in the eyes of the gamer, it's not a good service in comparison to what is being offered over at Microsoft. So, uh, but I would be so excited to find out what the library is going to look like because you're hearing rumors of different tier systems. You're hearing rumors um of like there being a, a base uh, that gets you like certain games and then there's a uh, middle tier that also gives you access to like PS1, 2, and 3 games. Like that would be dope right. if Sony could start digging into their history and doing a good job with it. Yep. Uh, 
on you know honestly again you, you look at what Nintendo does put up there on their their Super Nintendo 64 games the the original Nintendo games like they're doing a, actually a nice job building out a library of their history again not as fast as we want not as good as we would want not at the price we would want but if Sony gets their shit together and it's like here's a, a library of a ton of our best games from the last 25 years it's going to be a home run because Sony's had great software yeah. their entire their entire history absolutely no i mean they'll it's uh it's an easy win for them if they can get that together. They can build a UI around it that actually works and it's not sloppy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and these are things that we don't necessarily see out of Sony on a regular basis. So, you know, there's it's just a lot of just que- it's not like, hey, I don't think they can do it. It's just a question mark. Like, you know, I really need you guys to show me <laughs> that you can do it. So and it, it's interesting because we know we know Sony's a Japanese company and we know the Xbox brand is basically non-existent in Japan. And is that somehow skewing the perception of what's happening over there at Sony? I, you yeah, wouldn't think so. you think right. the, the international sales and the, the the seeing the subscription numbers, you would think knowing that information and the West being their their key, uh, their key market to sell. And you think they would get it. But maybe there's. Same thing with Nintendo. Maybe just their view is so skewed uh, over there in Japan, not seeing what the consumer wants here in North America. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving moving into you know I'd say Sony's strongest area uh, always <laughs> is exclusive games, right? Um, and and we we saw the likes of Returnal, Deathloop, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, you know, all being Game of the Year. Um, nominees, and it, it, you know it's uh, it's great to great to see all three of those games were fantastic. Smaller titles like Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, having having a very successful run as a PS5 exclusive, and you know um, those were some good games. But then you also had the unfortunate situation of uh, Horizon Forbidden West getting delayed, Ghostwire getting delayed. You know some of the bigger games that people were excited about. You know um, to to hit the, those first major because because Returnal is a cool game, but it's not a blockbuster game. You know Deathloop, yeah. Deathloop, you know it has that potential, and then Ratchet and Clank, I would consider that to be that you know their big their big platformer game for sure. But Horizon was leading the way in the sense of all the hype around the first game and the fact of the announcement of the second game, and it was going to be that first major you know um, open world experience that was going to hit the PS5, uh, but. You know, it just they needed more time, right? And again, it comes back into the the, the situation, the world we live in today, and and the and the issues that we're having to work around. So, get it, but um, but we have uh, you know, we have some some good games that hit some on un- un- you know, Returnal being I don't want to say unexpected, but a, a pleasant surprise, I'd say. Um, you know, Ratchet and Clank, everyone expected. Some some greatness out of it. Deathloop. I know there was some hype around it um, coming out of uh, Bethesda, and Deathloop was art was um, not arcane. What? Why am I? I forgot the I forgot their group. But anyways, Bethesda. Yeah. You know Bethesda before Xbox uh, gobbled them up, and uh, I, I was right. I was right. It is arcane. Okay, I just okay. I'm, because okay, of, it sounded right. Yeah. yeah um, the I, I was thinking of the Netflix series for League of Legends, and I was like, no, that's not right. But um, 
but yeah, anyways, you know, Deathloop ga- maintaining that exclusivity uh, even after that purchase was was nice. Um, but we'll see moving forward. It seems like a lot of what what Bethesda will be uh, pr- publishing will be heading to Xbox and PC only. So, but um, you know, so exclusive games were, was I'd say it was good. You know, like, uh, I don't have anything necessarily bad to say about it. The problem still with the PS5 in 2021 is is there just isn't a lot to play. You know, like, if you played Returnal, Deathloop, and Ratchet, you know, and then you and then you stretched out to try this this unknown Kenna, you know, oh, this looks interesting, and you, and you were pleasantly surprised, you know, like, outside of that, it was like, yeah, there are other games, but it just wasn't... There wasn't that stuff to push the PS5 to make you realize that this is next gen, to make you, you know, to make you feel um, fulfilled with your purchase of, of your system and things like that. It's just a lot of that that um, is still missing. And that's why the future is really big, because we do have a lot of really good shortlist games that are that are very close, uh, you know, and, and getting those getting those uh, those windows i'll say i don't want to say exact dates but windows for like god of war ragnarok you know we know we know horizon forbidden west was just de- was delayed so it's you know it's it's basically done and going to be uh going to be coming out early 2022 you know you have games like uh final fantasy 16 kotor remake uh marvel's wolverine we saw the tr- the teaser for grand turismo 7 is is arguably very very close um uh, ghost Rider was the other one i mentioned that got delayed that we'll, we'll be seeing and then of course even talking about marvel's uh spider-man 2 right i mean these are all like you list that off and you're just like holy that's a lot of just home home run hitters right like that's a lot of a lot of great games right there yeah they're 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 set up nicely to make me want to buy a playstation in the future yeah exactly so i mean i know i'll be like i talk about how i don't use my ps5 right now but i still i I didn't get rid of my ps5 because like because i see the potential i see when you know i see the you know the time when i'm going to hook this thing up and and start putting time into it with god of war with with horizon uh gran turismo you know there's so many of these games that like i can't wait and some of them are further out like we talk about the future and we mentioned like marvel's wolverine we don't i mean come on we don't have a real idea of what what that is marvel spider-man 2 uh i believe is actually slated to be after marvel's wolverine and we don't and marvel's wolverine we don't have a window for you know so some of this is way out there but uh but overall it's still hopeful. It's still exciting. And there's still enough that is right around the corner that like, that's going to hold me over. And then by the time I'm done with that, then I might be able to look at something like Marvel's Wolverine and have a better idea of what to expect and when. So. And, and again, we talked about the rumored, uh, you know, um, you were saying like springtime or whatever. Uh, there is the rumor for PlayStation's new game streaming service next year. So that's also a big play to see how the tiers and if, if it is tier based and everything, how it's going to all pan out. Yeah, obviously for me, I'm always interested in what is stuff going to cost? Because you would think they have to have a competitive option around the $15 a month price point. Like, they can't come out with some $25 a month stuff to get everything. Right, yeah. Yeah, you gotta... There's gotta be... There's got And and that's why tiers do help, you know, to try to create, like, different 
for different level of uh, you know people that can find value in different ways, giving them options, giving them the ability to choose is uh, is going to be big. But I mean, again, it's hard because you it's got to be fifteen bucks. I mean, look at <laughs> Game Pass Ultimate is insane. It's just insane <laughs> what you get for fifty for for the price. So um, you know, and and that's what we're going to get into right now with the Xbox Series X slash S. Um, we're going to move over to Microsoft now. And, um, you know, as far as, uh, as far as sales go, we don't, we, Microsoft is so private with, with, uh, publicly releasing Xbox hardware sales figures. They really kind of cut that off in the Xbox one early in the Xbox one era when they were struggling. Uh, Microsoft decided it's not something that they're going to publicly really mess around with. So, um, but you know, there there were some basically estimates and stuff that uh, finished around the year as far as as far as guesses. And some people were literally talking about how the the PS5 will outsell the Series X in 2021 by about five or six million units. So if that's if five or six million units is true and the PS5 was around 15 million units, could we say that the Series X is around 10 million units? Maybe. Yeah, but, it's but it's an educated guess. I mean, who the, who the hell knows? Well, so, something that's important to note when we're talking about the sales of this current generation of Xboxes is the Xbox Series S was the number one selling system, I believe, for the month of November. Yeah. Uh, so it did really well for that first wave of holiday. And I, I'm sure it's a combination of a couple things. One, it was available. You know, like I've seen I've seen uh, Series S is on store shelves. I don't know if I've ever seen a Series X on a store shelf. No, but yeah, also the, the, <laughs> the thing that we we sort of, you know, yeah, there was a lot of opinions. It was a, it was a, a lot of flaming, like, who's going to buy this? Uh, who is this for when the Series S was announced? But we're seeing that, yeah, there there is definitely a market for that. Uh, that lower grade system that gets people into some of the next generation features without the $500 price point. So clearly Microsoft knew what they were doing because I think regardless if there was a shortage or not a shortage, I still think you'd see the Series S doing really well uh, sales-wise in comparison to yeah. other systems available. I mean, bottom line is is that you, yeah, you might be able to find an S here or there a little bit easier, but the X is is ghost town just like the PS5 is. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that whatever they are able to produce with, the, again, the shortages in materials, it, they're, they're sold out. They're, they're, they're moving, and they're moving fast. And so, you know, that, that as far as sales go, that's really all we can analyze right now because, we, you know, we're not looking at a situation where these companies were able to manufacture enough to meet the demand. And so, you know, we're not sitting there going like, yep, when you walk into the store, there's always Microsoft systems and there's never Sony systems. Like, no, everything's just sold out, period, right now because everybody wants something and they just can't make enough. So with that being said, the, the, the sales aspect across all these categories is kind of skewed and we kind of just gave them a neutral a neutral rating across the board because they're all doing the best that they can do. It's pretty, and, and the only thing I give Microsoft is that you have two systems and you and and you like we said we didn't believe in it but it looks like you did a good job uh creating tiers creating these this this value right it's all that's what it comes down to creating a value for the lower tier and the upper tier and really just being able to sell both products which is good you know good for you so 
moving into what you're talking about as well is on the hardware side, you know, we, we didn't think it was going to happen, but the series S is pretty much the nicest budget next gen console option out there. You know, you can, you look at, you know, you look at, I guess the only other comparable, the only other comparables would be you have a PS five and then you have a PS five, like you have a PS five disc and then you have a PS five digital. Right. And so like, and there's like there's a price difference, but um, the S the S has even a bigger price gap. It 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 puts itself into a very fr- budget friendly area, but still gives you a lot of potential. And we're seeing the Series S in multiple ways. You got the people that, hey, I play on a 1080 screen. I play, you know, I don't, I, I'm not worried about 4K things like that. That can really kind of live in the Series S zone. But you also have people uh, like Super Lars. I'll I'll bring him in as an example here who bought both. They have the Series X for their home and, and to be able to play at the highest level possible, but the Series S is so compact and small for someone that travels for work and everything, it is easy for them to still have a very, very good Xbox experience on the go uh, in a hotel room or whatever with a Series S. You know, and so and, and again, because of the cost, the the price, you know, difference, it is viable to to actually have multiple systems like that. So smart move for the Series S, but just you know, really what we want to talk about is the X here and as far as hardware and, and how how they did in 2021. The X and and really just the software around the series systems is why Xbox just just it just did great this year. Um there may be a day that the PS5's unique uh, SSD situation helps pull ahead of the Series X in terms of power, but in 2021, the true next-gen exclusives were, you know, they just weren't there for most places. You know, we had some, uh, and I'm talking about across all consoles. Like, it just, there wasn't a lot for us, for anybody. But Series X quality of life and and consumer-friendly features set it apart. Quick resume is a feature that just, like, everybody I know, we just use it because it just works. It's just there. It's just. It's just. We don't even think about it. That's that's the key that the Xbox and Microsoft managed to do here is that you have these you have these next gen quality features that just work so well and they're so seamless that we have just adapted them into our gaming lives. It's it's great that I could I could play twenty minutes of Halo campaign. And then I can switch over and play Fortnite and I can boot up three other games and a week and a half later, go back to Halo and literally be at the the exact point I paused it at. I'm not going through menus. I'm not hitting save points. Mm. And that makes for me a guy who's got gaming ADD hops between a bunch of stuff. Can't I don't sit. I rarely sit down and play the same game for more than an hour. Yeah, Uh, it's awesome. It it really is. So that is a, a nice feature. And and the funny thing about it is like when you do end up on a you know on a PC for me or or on the Switch or something where you do have to go through those steps that you just mentioned, that feels like the awkward, like weird thing now. You know, like the yeah. the quick resume is is what I what I expect now. It's the norm, and so um, it really it really just they've done such a you know such a good job with it. Um, the backwards compatibility program with Microsoft is is better than any service out there, uh, as far as far as as far as far as that goes. They have they've we you know they started building it on the previous generation. They've brought it they brought it over easily to the new series, 
and they just continue. Every, I feel like every time they have something to talk about, be it on a stage, be it just a just a you know a, a web video, you know a YouTube video, whatever, they just keep building and building and building, and it's just uh, it's just very impressive. You know, the Series X just is it's it's a great system right now. I mean, anybody. Anybody that has a Series X should is probably very, very happy right now because of the hardware is solid, and then the pieces we're about to go into just make the hardware so enjoyable. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the Thanksgiving turkey, right? And it's perfectly cooked, and it is delicious. But Microsoft rolls out the side dishes. Microsoft <laughs> rolls out the gravy, uh, and there, there's a lot of good stuff on the table if you're a Microsoft fan. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, moving into services, we it, it begins and ends with Game Pass. Like we don't that's it. You know, we I remember the day when Microsoft made this announcement, play anywhere and all this stuff. And, and you and I looked at each other in the, in the studio at the time. And we were like, this is the dumbest decision they could ever make. And uh, Put it, yeah. we're putting everything on PC. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like, why would people buy an Xbox? Yep. And, uh, you know, we can happily sit back. And, and I feel like every year that we talk about this and, and, and they keep building it and adding to it, we just look at each other and go, boy, we were way off on that, on that one. But uh, Game Pass basically just reminds us how value the value, like the, the insane amount of value that you get. Um, the cloud gaming programs that have been added to it. Uh, basically, we've, you know, they, we talked about it in the past X Cloud and all this functionality that they were testing has now been integrated into Game Pass uh, on the ultimate level, you know, the, and they have tiers, but, you know, the, we're going to talk about the ultimate level and just all the value that they've added to it. Um, it's just, it's just the, it's the easiest category that we've talked about that we can simply say, Microsoft One, twenty twenty one. Microsoft One, twenty twenty one. When it comes to services, yeah, they're hitting a home run, and and part of that is because we know that that's that's Microsoft's business model. They're they're all about the services. They want they want your fifteen dollars a month, and whatever else goes with it goes with it. But that's what they want. They want you using Game Pass however you can. If it's on a PC, if it's on one of the systems, and it's also something that I, I don't hear enough people that are Xbox fans talking about is the, the streaming that they're rolling out. It, it honestly works pretty decent. I, yeah. the other day I was in a football mood, but like, hell do I want to install Madden on my system? Right. I played a game of Madden, just streaming it and it worked just fine. Yeah. Was there a little bit of lag? Sure. But just for a feature that's included with the services I already have. Great. Yeah. The, um, the other day I was with my brother-in-law and he's like, he's like, Hey, uh, I need you to help me with I'm trying to work out an idea here. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I can remote uh, desktop from my PC to my iPad and sync up a controller so I can play games on my iPad that are on my Steam library. I was like, dude, you have an Xbox. What are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I was like, and I just opened the Game Pass uh, app and I just hand him like 
some touch control game. I go, yeah, but if you had a controller, you could be playing Halo right now. You know, right. like, yeah. I was like, it just, it, it just works. You yeah. know, like, right. you overthink. I was like, you already have the system. You're already involved in the ecosystem. So not enough people even know about that aspect of the service. And it's crazy because they rolled out that the streaming, again, regardless of what you think for, of gaming streaming, like Stadia or Luna or whatever product, the fact that this is just included is crazy. Because if you look at the Game Pass library on the consoles, you can see that, I don't know, over half of the games that are on there that aren't EA Play, because EA Play is not widely included in this, yeah, are available for streaming now. Yep. So yeah, then they it, just keep it's adding. just... Gr- it's just gravy. Like I'm, like I'm saying, they're coming out with, with with extra things to continue to make this service better. And again, I don't know how often I'm going to use the streaming. And I don't know. They have a bunch of touch control games now on the phone. Like I don't play games on my phone that much, but just the fact that it's available and Sony and Nintendo don't have anything close to that when it comes to continuing to build and offer new features in the service without jacking up the price on you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is you can't, is that this was just added to your service that you already have. So it's not like when when it when it's not 100% perfect, like you said, yeah, there's a little bit of lag and stuff here. You're not really, you know, knocking it for that because you did, you're not paying extra because they added that. It'd be different if it's like, you know, Netflix trying to up your up your monthly every six months because they're like, oh, well, we're adding, uh, you know, 4K plus and then 4K ultra and then 4K this. And so we just want more money from you, right? Every time, like, at least and and that may happen at one point eventually but like right now it's just like nope we're gonna add that into the ultimate and you guys are gonna enjoy it have fun you know and it's just like that's that's what microsoft's done to create this just amazing value that no one even just gets close to right now yeah and again like we're talking about the the hard the the companies right so it it's weird that we also need to discuss the fact that with the xbox service you can do so much on the PC. Game Pass right. bleeds over to to being com- for a whole nother market of people that play video games on their computer. So, yep. um, you know, that's something that I guess we could also put a tick in in the Sony area for their software for this year. They started rolling out some of their older, you know, PS4 titles on PC. Like that is great for PC gamers, but it's not great for PC gamers in the way of they could subscribe to Game Pass and rock a lot of the titles that we're rocking on the Xbox on their computer. So for a guy like you, you can easily hop between and, and play them where you want to. And again, and I, and we I said do. it was crazy at the time, but now it, it just but also the seems, am- seems like that's how it should be. Also, the amazing aspect of that from, from the Game Pass side is that I'll fire up Forza Horizon 5 on my PC and play it for you know an entire stream and have a great time. And then I'll be sitting on in the living room on my wife's Xbox One, uh, sorry, Xbox Series X, and I'll just launch... Uh, you know, I'll be logged in as me, launch Forza Horizon 5, and pick up right where I left off from my PC. Like, it's that, you know, it's that same concept of, like, how the Switch, you're in handheld, you're playing, and then you put it in the dock, and you just pick up and keep going. Yeah, except I'm literally transferring from system to system, and then when I'm out, and I have my phone, and I launch Forza Horizon 5, guess what? Yep, it just it just kicks it over to my phone, and I keep playing. It's seamless, it, and, it, and it has everything to do, again, with this ecosystem that just doesn't matter, you know, the play anywhere concept, that doesn't matter where I look at this game, I pretty much get the same experience on different screens on different devices throughout my house and even on the go that like 
no one does it like that. No one does it. Like, when you bring up PlayStation having some PC games, yeah, sure, they took old uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and they threw it on Steam, and I still have to pay for it. You know, like, sure. I mean, I go on Steam and buy uh, Forza. You know, like, other other companies have done that, minus, I'd say, Nintendo. But... um, yeah, it just it, it is on a whole nother level right now. You, there there is no, you know, Microsoft's kicking everybody's ass right now when it comes to services. Um, and then surprisingly, something that we wouldn't normally give uh, give points for here is the exclusive games. Twenty twenty one was a very pleasant uh, surprise for Microsoft and Xbox because we, you know I don't think. There's a lot of people that were really, really concerned about Halo Infinite. Okay, we the early views of Halo Infinite we did we were all making fun of it, and and people were worried, and we you know we were expecting Halo to come back, and it just didn't look like what we were thinking it was going to. But Halo Infinite's here, and it is good. And that's and that is Against huge the odds, for Microsoft. It is fun. It is that is huge for Microsoft. That is a big, big win for Xbox because that is a franchise that needs you know that needed to come back to and being and, and be relevant again. Um, I don't think whiffing on that game was an option for them because you know it, we're going to talk about some of the other exclusive games that that came out. Uh, Halo is the least niche of the exclusive titles that rolled out this year for Microsoft. It is their largest and most appealing f- exclusive franchise that they have. So it's not like they could kind of whiff on Halo, but be like, yeah, but we had like three other games that appeal to a large audience this year. Padded work good. No, this this was their anchor game for the year. And so far, my experience with it has been ve- very satisfying. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's a huge break for them, but something that I think was I mean, we we were hopeful and a lot of people love this series, but it broke records all-time Xbox records. Forza Horizon 5 is yeah. is it, it it gave Xbox the you know exclusivity like like award because that game came out and was just amazing you know like yes yes we can talk about how there were some server problems and things like that but what game comes out now that doesn't have some launch problems just because of the amount of traffic and things that are going on the game non-racing fans played the game okay people that like like forza horizon 4 made me enjoy car games again which i hadn't played in years forza horizon 5 made my jaw drop and i was just like wow this is this is next gen is really right like that was because because we got that before halo i i'm sitting there and i'm just like this is what we've been waiting for this shows us what these systems are can do and it is gorgeous and yeah i played on pc and it looks fantastic but you know what's crazy i fire up the series x and it looks fantastic and it runs fantastic and I'm just sitting here like there's a big price difference between my my gaming tower and an Xbox Series X, and they are both beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something I guess we haven't talked about hardware wise across both Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, the the quality that we're getting visually on both systems is incredible for the price. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, while the PS5 still ended up delivering. Um, one more can't miss major exclusive this year. You know, we were talking, you know, obviously we talked about um, Ratchet and Clank uh, along with Returnal and Deathloop were the, were the three that we really were kind of focusing around is like the, the 
the bigger bigger releases. Um, Xbox had Halo, it had Forza, and then and then we also got a lot of interesting uh, additions, th- which again. The advantage is this all hit Game Pass, right? Like this, like even if you didn't want to take a chance on Halo, you could try it, you know, as long as you had Game Pass. You didn't have to worry about about spending money and being disappointed. Um outside of your outside of your monthly Game Pass fee. But um games like Twelve Minutes, um, the Artful the Artful Escape, I played a lot of the Ascent, and then of course Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is a very, you know, niche uh game, but I think, um, you know, again, a lot of people tried that game out simply because next gen, it just looked amazing and it really allowed you to say, this is what the system can do. You know, those are the things that are missing from the PS5 outside of, you know, like Returnal was cool and, and I'd say lighting particle effects were really impressive, but I think like Ratchet and Clank was the game that really showed you what the PS5 could do to some extent. And outside outside of those two games, you were like, Hmm. Okay. What else can I play on this? That's going to really allow, really show me what the PS5 can do. Well, you know, here it was Halo is showing you. Forza Horizon Five blew your mind. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is is ultra realistic. You know, so I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on uh, on top of the game services, on top of the the um, hardware features that are just working, and yeah. Um, it's it's a tough category to to call, but Xbox, which I would normally say would never be considered in this for this category to to come out on top, this is the year where they just they just had a good year. Like they just had a really good year when it came to this. So, congrats to them. Yeah, for sure. And it's easy because it, to me, like I give it more points because. Yeah, if I had to go to the store or log in and pay for each one of these games individually, this lineup would be less exciting. But if you're involved in the Xbox services, every time there's an uh, exclusive release, it's exciting because you just you can try it. You can you can go all the way in and enjoy it and it's not costing you any extra where, you know, again with with Nintendo, the other example of the, you know, the other ecosystem that I spent a lot of time playing in, I skipped uh, all almost all of those uh, exclusive games this year cuz they they weren't worth the $60 investment to me. You don't have yeah. to make those decisions with Xbox. And that's why I'm so interested to know what, what PlayStation is going to do. If they're going to match, uh, that, that system of giving you those big releases with their service. Yeah, exactly. And so that leads, you know, that leads to the future for Xbox. And this is, this is another one that, uh, I feel like we're really starting to see how Xbox has started to line themselves up with purchasing some of these developers and really starting to build out, you know, the, their studios, uh, to have a, con- a competitive uh, first-party studio world that can that can go toe to toe with uh, the likes of Sony, and you know, for me, Microsoft narrowly won the exclusive race this year. I really enjoyed Returnal. I I, I um, played very little Deathloop, and I didn't touch Ratchet and Clank. Um, not because I didn't. W- I guess I didn't want to, but like, you know, it's not because I hate the game or anything. And I think it definitely deserved to be in the running for all the awards that it was up for. So like, you know, nothing against the game, but just, you know, for me, 
Microsoft edges out the exclusive race because Halo is huge for me. Forza, obviously, I've been waiting for, you know, and even some of their littler games I was all about. So, um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna edge it to them. But um, it, what's important to remember though is that normally we're, you know, we've talked about Sony and Nintendo, especially Nintendo. We're like Breath of the Wild two, and you know, and new Pokemon coming out next year, and all the like. You know, we're used to that. What I'm not used to doing is going Xbox. You know, what is Starfield gonna be all about in 2022, right? What what yeah. what more do we find out about Fable four? When do we, you know, what about Perfect Dark? You know, and and we and we just saw the next the next you know um, information on Cinema's saga Hellblade two. You know, like the like it were I've never been able to necessarily sit here and be other than be like and and the word Gears of War or Gears as people like to call it now isn't even in that list. So like what you know, there's that too. So like it's just. You know, and though we're enjoying Forza Horizon Five, we still know that Forza World is 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 literally, you know, or sorry, Forza Motorsport is just around is out there, and so it's such a good time to be an to be an Xbox fan because they really have finally built the Xbox team and really you know put together this this group of studios that I think are going to continue to allow them to have to pump out these these blockbusters and these these games that people can be super hyped about and then the best part is it's it's all hitting game pass like it's just, it's mind blowing to me like and, and you know like that how it works but it works you know i haven't bought forza horizon 5 or halo i just i'm just playing it on game pass like do i want them on my shelf one day probably cuz i just cuz i collect but it's the fact that i didn't have to it's the fact that I literally am enjoying these games the way that I want to them to enjoy them, and that's that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. I looked at uh, copies of Halo the other day at the old Costco, and I was like, "Who's buying these?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, people buying them as gifts for children." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone else should be using Game Pass. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, so I mean, that's that's the breakdown of the three consoles. You know, we, we, we touch base on all of them around, you know, sales, hardware, service, exclusive games and, and the future for the device. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead. I'll give my three places and, you know, they, and then uh, Butterboy can give his three places because they might be different. So um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and basically say that uh, third third place is PlayStation 5 for me. Um I really enjoyed Returnal, but that's that's about the only thing I did with my with my PlayStation Five in 2021. And by say by me saying that's the only thing I did, that is legit the only thing I did with my PS Five in 2021. Um, so second place is gonna go to Nintendo Switch because of Metroid Dread only, and then that's the only thing I did with the Switch. But again, this is my rankings, and Metroid is my favorite game, so it's going to beat out PS Five over Returnal. But it can't. I can't give it first place, uh, even though Metroid. Even though I loved a Metroid Dread, and I want it. You know, I, I I wish it won every Game of the Year award. Uh, it has won some, but it hasn't. It didn't win them all. Um, but my first place does go to Xbox Series X slash S. Uh, Halo Infinite is a game that has brought me back to the the old days, the good old days, and I just feel great playing Halo Infinite. It's uh, you know it feels really good. I haven't I haven't uh, dived too too much into the campaign just yet because I'm I really am thinking about just probably hold, waiting until co op is available so I can enjoy it with some of my friends. But um, 
you know, the game just feels good. And then Forza Horizon 5 was life-changing. I didn't, like, you know, I was so excited for that game. So for me to actually go into a game and then be blown away by something that I had such high expectations for just tells you time and time again how amazing uh, Playground Games is, which then gives me so much hope for, you know, Playground Games working on Fable 4. Um, you know, and then and then the small games like The Ascent and just other stuff that I've really enjoyed through the Game Pass and just Game Pass overall uh, and, and the functionality of the device. And the, uh, I didn't even touch a base on the control. You know, we talked about the controllers on the PS5. I didn't even touch base about the, you know, my, my Master Chief uh, Xbox Elite Series 2 controller and all these things that, that just, again, just the experience of the overall product and just the, you know, like feeling good with the devices in your hand, feeling good about the software that's being presented to you, feeling good with the, the services and features that are provided for you, and just it all working together, creating the best ecosystem for me. And that's why I gave it the win. So coming in at my three spot is is going to be PlayStation. Uh, it is the PlayStation Five is the the mainstream hottest system on the market. Everyone wants it. Everyone's talking about. It. There's a ton of hype around the brand. But for me, a guy who was a PlayStation guy just last generation, um, it's interesting. The whole first year of the system here, I I've had one game that I was kind of like, oh, I guess it would have been cool to play Death Loop. Right. But, you know, there's nothing else about the system or the ecosystem or, you know, the service. There's nothing about the PlayStation brand right now in, in for the year of 2021 that made me feel like I'm, I'm missing out on anything or I'm I'm drawn into, um, you know, saving saving up my pop cans to to purchase one. So uh, it, it's it's just it's just tough, you know. I, I want I want the PlayStation brand to be exciting for things more than hype on the shortage of the system. And that's where that's currently where where PlayStation lives is people are excited just if they can physically find one of these machines to buy. So um, it, it I, just wasn't a year that made me feel like I was missing out. So got to got to put them in third because it is the the one of the three that I I don't play on. Yeah. Number two is Nintendo. Uh Again, the, the company had wonderful success in, in 2021. So the, the, they're healthy. They're, they're moving systems. They're, they're moving software. But I don't know, man. The, the, the way the, N6, the Nintendo Online was handled this fall uh, rubs me the wrong way. And I think it did with a lot of people that are lifelong Nintendo fans. Uh, and again, the, the lineup this year was was just OK. It just the, I would have loved to see one more big game in the spring that wasn't a Mario spinoff title. Uh, you know, they, we backloaded the, the later part of the year with having Metroid Dread, which was amazing. Uh, and then, you know, a, a remake Pokemon release. It just everything sort of felt B tier from Nintendo this year. So the fact I'm, I'm put I, I almost put PlayStation uh in in third just because i am a little salty i mean and in my second place because i'm a little salty at nintendo but i'll I'll lock them in at the second and you know so our our list lineup um the 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 biggest criticism everyone's had on xbox for the last two you know so the xbox one generation the current generation that we're in is uh yeah yeah okay cool you got an xbox but what games are you gonna play we were the biggest proponents of that narrative five years ago. totally totally 
like, yeah, cool. Xbox is cool, but what are you going to play? Like, what are you playing on it? Honestly, if you look at the the exclusives that came out this year, there's not a ton that are, are, are games I was super excited about, but I dabbled in some of them. Halo's been really cool. Um, but the, when the question comes up, yeah, but what are you playing on it? Literally everything you could play on it. Yeah. That, yeah. Th- that's, that's, the, that's the reason it wins uh, for me is it doesn't matter right now in in the scale weighing the scales of of what's available to play and the state of the ecosystem and the sales and the health of the the actual uh brands but what it comes down to is i can sit down at my xbox and literally point at one of hundreds of titles and including all the new stuff and just play it it's a buffet of of gaming and yeah Maybe people make the argument that, you know, you get a PS5, you're playing these dope PS5 exclusives, you know, the, the Ratchet and Clank and Deathloop. And maybe, maybe that's maybe that's a fine dining. Right. But I really enjoyed sitting at the buffet this year and just eating a shitload of yes. fried chicken and macaroni and cheese and whatever. Like it was all there for me to enjoy. Uh, and because of that and all the other quality of life things that have come to the Xbox this year. It's it's my number one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm gonna this this is gonna be a hard take here. This is a hard take, and and not everyone's gonna agree with me, but I'm just gonna come out and say it. I don't like the DualSense controller. So, for me, when it comes down to playing Fortnite and playing you know you're in playing Rocket League and playing games that are that are cross platform and you can play them anywhere, I will always choose my Xbox over a PlayStation 5 because I just the I don't find the dual sense to be enjoyable. Um I don't understand the people that uh you know actually praise this controller, especially considering that the 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 technology that they have put in that controller has they have not proven to actually even want to use it. Um on a level that I'm that I accept it not being a uh, a gimmick at this point still, right? Because that's what that's what PlayStation has proven in its, in its past is it loves gimmicky things that then then it quickly drops support for. So like the DualSense to me is nothing special, but you know instead Xbox decided to re- to take something that was almost perfect and refine it just just fine tune it, fine tune it into what arguably might be my favorite controller of all time at this point with the with the Xbox Series controllers. So like my Forza Horizon 5 limited edition controller is one of the best controllers I've ever held in my hand. And the fact that they put special grip on the back, the back of that controller to simulate what it feels like to hold a steering wheel because it was a limited edition controller around a racing game it just like it it's the tiny little things that they put into it that make it just a better experience. So that that's the big sell for me is that it does like you said I'm gonna play a shit ton of games and I, and I'm gonna play it all on my Xbox. Why? Because my overall experience is just better here, and that's it. Because we do play a lot of Fortnite, and we do play a yeah. lot of you know we play a lot of free free games and service games that are available anywhere. And on the Xbox is fantastic, you know. And we're obviously not talking about PC, like you know, we're not we're not bringing the PC world into it. There, there, I do like playing games on PC as well. But when it comes to ease of use and just pick up and play and comfort and just doing what it's supposed to do, this year, twenty twenty one, Xbox has the crown. 
no doubt. All right. Well, there it is, folks. There's our picks, our reasoning. We'd love to hear you guys talk about it in the Gamesville podcast channel in our Discord. Um, but yeah, keep it keep the chats going as you listen to the show. And we uh, we're gonna wrap things up here on episode 359 of the Gamesville podcast, brought to you by our patrons. Yeah, thank you so much to all of our supporters. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Make it a New Year's resolution for yourself to start supporting your favorite podcast. Uh, and that should be us. I'm pretty pretty confident if you made it this far in the show, we have to be your favorite. So please consider joining our patrons. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. And to all of our patrons, thank you so much for all of your support in 2021. Uh, we did you know, have a summer hiatus and you stuck with us and you continue to support us. And uh, we, we just want to say thank you to the GameZilla community for a great 2021. Uh, because, uh, yeah, this was our year-end wrap-up. We're going to enjoy a little bit of time around the holidays to relax and spend some time with our family and, and enjoy the holidays, and we will be back in 2022. So just thank you to our community, our patrons, and all of our friends. Yeah, thank you, everyone, and uh, we'll see you in 2022. And that uh, that wraps us up, so I'll just uh, finish this up by saying, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next year, game on.